on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. Uh, there's, a number, there's a new number one team in the nation. It's been a long time coming. So we have a pick six recap, uh, things we missed, risers and movers, dumpster fire, top performers, bad beats, and we cap it all off with a new segment, Dead to Me. Uh, today's show is huge as always, so let's go ahead and kick it off. To start off our pick, uh, our pick six recap this week, we're going to take a look at the first matchup uh, that we talked about on our preview episode, and that was number 13, Wisconsin, visiting the former number three, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State was a 14.5-point favorite, and I think the first thing I said is, how is Ohio State a 14.5-point favorite? Because I thought maybe Big Ten play, maybe they'd keep it at least a little bit close. Uh, Ohio State is just out here proving me wrong all the time. Yeah, and I just want to introduce everyone to Chase Young, if you didn't already know this kid, because, I, I mean, he is an – I think I really want to see his birth certificate because I think that is a grown man picking on children out there. I mean, I don't I don't think there was a single play Wisconsin ran where he wasn't in the backfield within like 30 – within like two seconds. Yeah, did you, uh, did you happen to read the Heisman standings as of this week? I did not. He is second place. He's the only other uh, – I think he's the only other candidate besides Joe Burrow to have more than three first-place votes. Jalen Hurts has three first-place votes. I, I believe that he has ten right now. And if if he does end up pulling ahead in this race, he'll be the second-ever defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, first mean, being but- Charles Wilson, of course. Yeah, but like he'll be the first one to play solely defense. I mean, yeah, Charles, I mean, Charles Winston, Winston had punt. Yeah, he won because of his punt return. Yeah, we, we, yeah. I mean, it, it so crazy. It's insane. for a defense for a defensive end to win the Heisman. I mean, that would be unheard of. And I, I mean, the only person I thought should should have deserved it was Ndamukong Kinsu back in I believe two thousand nine when Mark Ingram won it. Ndamukong Kinsu uh, and uh, I thought Glenn Dorsey had a shot uh, back in the that's day. That's true. That's true. I'll give on that. But, you know, and another thing about this matchup is J.K. Dobbins made Jonathan Taylor look like an absolute scrub. Yeah, man. It's uh, – I don't, I don't understand uh, – talking about the Heisman race right now, I don't understand how Jonathan Taylor still has any votes. He, had, he literally had one vote this week, and it was a third-place vote. I don't know how he still has that after this game. Yeah, he had 52 yards carrying – for a 2.6 yards per carry average, while Dobbins put up 163 two touchdowns and was averaging eight yards a carry. Yeah, and, and Dobbins is, I mean, obviously he's a beast of a running back. Um, and yeah, I think like we, we've mentioned before, at least I think he's the best player on this offense. I think he, I mean, Justin Fields is a great quarterback. He, he's just a tremendous athlete, but J.K. Dobbins is no joke either. Yeah, I st- like speaking about Hosman votes. I don't understand how Justin Fields is getting all the Hosman hype when J.K. Dobbins has 
consistently been the best player in this offense, game in and game out. Yeah, I think it's just he's the quarterback there, which which is what surprised me because Ohio State, I want to say they had – I think they had four players in the Heisman race at this point or at least receiving Heisman votes at this point in the season. Yeah. And then Joe Burrow is the number one. He's in the first place in Heisman voting right now, and he's an Ohio State transfer. I don't know what's going on with their recruiting, but it's out of this world. Right, and I believe t- – is it is it one of the other Heisman votes a defensive player? I think Outside so. Of, uh, yeah, I it's a cornerback, it right? Yeah, it's their yeah, cornerback. Yeah, yeah. So, so Ohio State has two defensive players in the Heisman race, man. That I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, and so, I mean, at least my thoughts in this matchup, um, you know, I went with Wisconsin. Everyone knows I did. I was super high on this team for the season's start. I wanted my hot takes to kind of simmer in everybody's minds, and so I doubled down on my dumb brain. That's what I do. It's my brand. Get over it. And so Wisconsin got smacked. What what really can I say about that? Uh, Ohio State is, man, I they are a good football team, and – and as an LSU fan, I, I'm scared about this team. If LSU uh, sees them in any matchup, if it's the playoff, if it's a bowl game, whatever. I mean, my prediction is Ohio State and LSU end up in the national championship. Uh, I've really, I know I've been sticking with LSU versus Clemson, but this Ohio State team looks unstoppable. I mean, their defense is better than Clemson's, in my opinion, and their offense has been more consistent. I mean, I don't think Dobbins has ran for under 100 yards this season while Etienne is off and on constantly. And in my – I mean, honestly, in my opinion, Ohio State is the second-best team in the country and a real shot to be number one. And if you're an Alabama fan or a Clemson fan or I guess a Penn State fan now since they're in the top five, we can fight about it. Ohio State is better than all those teams right now, and they have proved it so far. And until one of those other teams – shows the improvement and shows the talent at every single position that Ohio State has. I don't want to hear about it, and you can meet me in the backyard, and we will throw hands about this. Yeah, you hear it. Uh, meet Zach. Zach wants to fight. So any of our listeners, if you're bigger than Zach, he's asking for it at this point. So, um, <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't even know what to think about this, though, because Jack Cohen, or Jack Cohen, he's not, he's not a bad quarterback, but he looked pretty bad this weekend. Um, I want to call him a bum, but I know he's not. Put Graham Mertz in. I mean, what do you? Have I mean, to look? but is he good? Like, I mean, he might not be a bum, but no, he's dude. he's like he's like if Alex Smith lost a little, a little, like lost a little bit of his talent. Yeah, that's true. He, he's kind of continuing a uh, tradition of Wisconsin quarterbacks that are like pretty good, but not great. I mean, except for except for uh, Russell Wilson, but besides that. But I mean, he wasn't like. He he didn't get recruited by Wisconsin. No, I mean, he came from NC State. NC State yeah, I don't know. I, I really think Wisconsin was just overrated. I mean, they beat a their signature win was beating a Michigan team that you know wasn't you know hasn't looked good up until uh, this week. We'll, we'll get to that, that later. But I mean, did they really beat anyone of note? No, you know, I, I think I I think everyone jumped on the bandwagon way too quick on them. Yeah, I agree with that, um, especially myself. And so I'm done talking about this match. Ohio State's incredible. Ohio State, geez. The crazy thing about them is that they've got it together on both sides of the ball. So, like, whereas the team 
I mean, let's take Alabama and LSU. Just both have electric offenses, just crazy offenses uh, that can score at will most of the time. Uh, we'll talk about that later too. Well, actually, we'll talk about that next. Uh, and then their defenses are above average, but they're not great. I think Ohio State is great on both sides of the ball. And, you know, they play – the Big Ten's – it's a tough conference. Uh, but besides Wisconsin – and I, I, I feel like I'm falling into a trap because I keep saying they haven't played anybody – now they've played Wisconsin and they smacked them. And so, yeah, they're good. They're really good. And, that, and they still have big matchups. They still have big matchups coming up. Yeah. They, I mean, I mean they, they still have State. to play. Yeah. And don't sleep on Minnesota, who's apparently they're also 8 0. Insane. Doesn't even make sense. But uh, I don't know. Football doesn't make sense to me anymore. Um, and that's, that's kind of the general theme of this podcast. I thought I was pretty smart when we first started. Uh, I was like, hey, we, we know football. And apparently we kind of know football, just not really. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. Number nine, Auburn visited number two, LSU at primetime, 2.30 in the afternoon. Thanks a lot, CBS. And <laughs> go ahead and tell us about this one, Zach. Yeah, so I have an announcement to make, guys. Okay. When we start selling merchandise, every cent of every dollar we make for this podcast will go to buy every single ref that ref this game some some glasses i almost cussed we are a clean podcast guys <laughs> clean podcast we will we will buy them some gd glasses look it wasn't great but it wasn't great on either side of the ball let's not let's not beat around the it was there. terrible i mean i'm not even talking about just the holding calls that okay, have been all over espn sure that's not what we're I mean, talk about right now i mean the game was sloppy, but Auburn had 15 penalties for 100 yards. And LSU, LSU had, had 12 for 120. Yeah. <laughs> That's – okay, I'm sorry. Like, yes, LSU has some holding calls that were missed, and Auburn probably has penalties the rest missed also. But, I mean, the fact that these teams combined for 27 penalties when they're, neither of them are very penalized teams to come into this game. No, LSU was the that, least penalized in the SEC to this point. It, it, I'm pissed. I am absolutely pissed. It, it's so ridiculous because this was a heck of a game. And for the refs to insert their, I guess, will into the outcome of this game is ridiculous because the call that I'm really talking about was at the end of the game. I know you're an LSU fan, but you have to be unbiased here. When LSU got the holding penalty, the clock never stopped and should have never started again. Right. And they kept the clock running, and so that's why Auburn didn't get the ball back with 30 seconds left like they were supposed to. That is what I'm mad about. The holding calls, there were probably some missed on both sides, but that's unacceptable to not allow that game to go down to the wire like it should have. Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of a dumb guy. We've all figured that out by now. Um, when that happened, I was just confused. Like, like, you know when a dog hears a loud noise and they just kind of look around and panic and then they kind of look at their owner, like, what's going on? That was me. I was just looking around to anyone who would listen. Um, I had no idea what was happening. And apparently, uh, not great. I, but but to be fair, what what would Auburn have done with 30 seconds left? Uh, I, I, that, you cannot tell me that last drive when Auburn drove right down the field in 54 seconds to make it a three-point game that there wasn't a tiny bit of a chance. You couldn't no, watch that Oregon game. No, there was definitely a chance with Derek Stingley and Grant Delpit out. There was a chance. Yes, and you saw what Auburn did to the Oregon defense that has been lights out. They had, what, 
59 seconds to drive down the field. They drove 70 yards and won that game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if there was a team to do it, it was going to be this weird Auburn team that all that can't ever just win a game. They have to make all their fans have heart attacks. <laughs> they, they, they're trying to like thin the herd. And so they're like, Hey, we have a lead. Why don't we just get down by three and we'll get the ball back in five seconds left and someone will make a catch. Right. <laughs> but to, to be fair, Joe Burrow. Great. Uh, I can't say enough about this and kid. This, I mean, I've this been... was his least impressive game by far. That's the crazy thing. But to be fair, this is easily – okay, I'm sorry, Florida. This was easily the best defense he's faced, no and I don't doubt. think anyone who watched this game could argue about that. No, and that, that was exactly what I wrote in my notes. I mean, this – I wrote Auburn's defense was the best LSU saw all season, and that's obviously that's obvious by the score because, I mean, who else has held LSU to 23 points this season? I mean, LSU's Next, averaging 40-plus points a game, and then they, they go into this game with Auburn, which is just a toss-up every single year, unless they're playing in Death Valley, of course. But it's a, to- <laughs> it's a toss-up every single year, uh, and that's just because these two teams, I mean, it, it's kind of a rivalry that's slept on a little bit. Uh, no one, I mean, when you think about the great rivalries in college football, no one thinks LSU-Auburn. I mean, of course, it's, in, in, you know, it's an in-conference rivalry, but it's, not, it's nothing special. But, I mean, every single year this, this game is incredible. Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on was Auburn's defense in this game and the different sets we saw them line up in. Uh, they, were running, they were running some different stuff this weekend. They were running like, like, like four down linemen, two linebackers, and like five DBs, and at some point they say it's six yeah. DBs. Yeah, no, at one point they had eight on the field. Yeah, I mean, what, what's going and, on there? And, and LSU and, was and, cut off guard by that, obviously, because they scored yeah. 10 points in the first half. And Auburn did a really good job of disguising their pressure where nobody would be down in a stance. And, you know, since I'm an Auburn fan, I know what position people play better than, you know, just someone watching the game. They were dropping defensive tackles into coverage and blitzing safeties. It just And that, ha- that had to confuse Burrow, and it did for a while. I mean – you look at Joe Burrow's stats and a lot of the yards that he gained were in the second half. And, you know, the running back for LSU, I think it was Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. He really was shut. He was shut down in the first half. And just like in the Florida game, he picks it up late. And he's one of the main reasons that LSU sealed this game. And one of the main reasons LSU won this game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, just because the way that he came out in the second half, and he all, I mean, he looked unstoppable. I mean, he was getting five-plus yards of carry at, at, at some points in this game. Um, yes. I don't know. It, the, the, I don't, my, main, my main point during this game was Auburn's different defensive packages just because it threw everyone for a loop. And even though this was one of Joe Burrow's least impressive games uh, statistically, the way that he was able to keep this LSU offense like afloat throughout this game, I mean, even when Auburn was up – for mo- I mean, Auburn was uh, ahead for a great portion of the game. I would say I would say a third of the game. It may have been more than that. I mean, the first half they were. I mean, they were leading LSU for longer than anyone's led LSU this season, which is not saying much. But but Auburn was leading. I mean, I, I wanted to say half of the game, but I don't think it was half. It was closer to probably I don't know, like three eighths of the game, something like that. <laughs> fractions are hard man i don't do math you know that i I mean i guess uh, like so i have two final big takeaways from this game one bo nix is not there yet oh my god i think I everyone to, who watched it i want understands to say that. that 
I want him to be I, harsher. I think, he stinks. <laughs> no, no, okay, so hang on. Here's this. The future is bright. True freshman on the road against, you know, I think this is the best team in the country and it's not even a debate. And he, his future is really, really bright. But the college football is about the present. And right now he is not here completely. But he still has a long career ahead of him. That's fine. But everyone's talking about he did this, he did that. I counted, I've rewatched the game yesterday. There were six drop balls that would have went for first downs. Dude, and not only the drop balls, but he was very inaccurate for like a good part of this game. Like he had wide open targets and he'd throw it like five yards behind them. Yeah. It, it looked like I mean and to be f- and, and the intentional grounding penalties on him were those 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 were not good for Auburn. If they if you took those away, no. man, it could have been a different game. Yeah, and really and truly, the offensive line has got to step up, too. Because in the second half, LSU was getting to the quarterback. Yeah, they were. Their pass rush but, really picked up. But my last point is, I do have concerns about LSU's defense. Yeah. Um, and so, it's not their pass defense. Grant Del Pitt and the true freshman, I forgot his name. Stingley. Um, Eric Stingley. Yes, yeah, Stingley. Great players. But their rush defense has to be better. DJ Williams for Auburn, who had 13 carries, 130 yards, and really should have had two touchdowns, but he stepped out of bounds on one and then tripped up on the next. He is a true freshman, and this was his first start. He has played in one game this year, coming off an injury, and put up 130 yards on this LSU defense. LSU has to be ready in a week for Alabama. They got to clean that up. They have to fit their gaps better. They have to tackle better. LSU's defense has to catch up with their offense if they're going to win the national championship, which I think they have the talent to do. Yeah, LSU has two weeks to prepare for Alabama, which I think it makes like a world of difference for them just because uh, the injuries, especially the ones that we saw on Saturday with Derek Stingley and Grant Delpit going down, uh, I mean, you got to get time for that to, to heal. I mean, we saw, we saw Grant Delpit back on the field late in the game. He didn't play. He was swarming up on the field, but – you know, hopefully, if you're LSU, uh, that they'll be better for for the Bama game. Um, to quote Coach O, uh, it's just regular stuff. So uh, I I don't know. I mean, we heard Saban say that Tua is going to be back in a week after he had that high ankle sprain. I don't know if coaches just have to be positive about that kind of stuff or what. But uh, well, I guess we'll see. Um, so let's go and move on to our next matchup. We have Oklahoma State visiting number twenty three Iowa State. Uh, I picked Oklahoma State in this one, and at least I did something right this week in my pick six. I went three and three. Uh, this is one of my three ones that I that I picked correctly. So, props to me. Go ahead and congratulate me. <laughs> I mean, I don't wear glasses, man. I have pretty good vision, but watching this game, you know, I found myself asking, like, Spencer Sanders, is that you? But it was actually Brock Purdy the whole time. Oh, he did no. his – Best Spencer Sanders impression, man. Three interceptions while you throw for 400 yards. He had 62 passing attempts and knew that trash. You got me one touchdown on 62 attempts. No, I mean, it wasn't I mean, good. I'm, I'm so upset. I don't know. I don't know who made the line on this one, though. I mean, I said that about another matchup in our pick six, and I had to eat my words on that, but. Whoever said that Iowa State should be the favorite in this game by ten and a half points has obviously never seen Oklahoma uh, State play this year. You see, I, mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if they were a ten and a half point favorite or just that was the prediction for how many interceptions Spencer Sanders was going to throw. 
I mean, it would have been closer if that was the interception factor. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. This game, I mean, this game was yeah. something else. So we're going to officially have our first restraining order for okay. this podcast. I'm all in. Because um, o- Oklahoma State, you are officially banned for pick six. Oh, no. <laughs> you, like, you guys are the most inconsistent team in college football. I cannot stand you guys. <laughs> every time I pick y'all, Spencer Sanders forgets how to throw an interception. And then every time I pick Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, all he does is throw his interceptions. It's like he goes colorblind. He's like, that looks like my team, maybe. <laughs> that looks like my team. Yeah. yeah, so I'm done with Oklahoma State. It's been a toxic relationship, like I said on the last episode, and the toxicity continues, and I am finished. I'm proud of you. You were able to man up and, and admit when there's toxicity in your life and you're getting rid of it. So you're really growing <laughs> as a person over the span of this uh, podcast. Act. Uh, it's, it's like uh, therapy, man. This podcast is therapy. We point out the stuff like that. But, I mean, the one last person I want to point out, one, Chuba Hubbard, still that man, 116 Stuck. yards and a touchdown. And Tylen Wallace, finally welcome back. 131 yards and a touchdown. I'm not blaming you for, you know, your lack of production recently. We all know you want a new quarterback. And that brings me to my last point. We will officially start a GoFundMe account to get Tylen Wallace, a guy who knows how to throw him the football. Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and get that transfer that is, portal wide open. There you go. Let's get it. I mean, you can go to Georgia because apparently they have a bunch of transfer quarterbacks. You can go to Ohio State. They seem to be pretty good. Yeah. You know, you never know. Hey, Joey Gatewood's on the bench at Auburn. You know, you can go get him. Or, you know, I'm sure Alabama's got some transfer quarterbacks. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that and things we missed because I, I definitely missed it, the Joey Gatewood thing. Um, but we'll yeah. cover it later. But. But the main person I'm trying to get you is one of the three or nine or 15 USC quarterbacks that they have stored away in some locker in Southern California. We got feeling, you, Tylen Wallace. I have a feeling that they just like – like you know how in Europe with the, with the soccer clubs they have there, they just start the kids out when they're like really young and they're part of that soccer club until they grow up and then they play professionally for them? I feel like that's what USC does with quarterbacks. Like they have like a – like, like when you're young and you start playing youth football, they see that someone can throw the ball like 20 yards when they're five. They're like, oh, that kid's, <laughs> that kid's destined for greatness. Uh, that's what USC has, apparently. I don't know how they, how they got away with it. Um, kind of sounds illegal, a little bit sketchy. But uh, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. We'll start investigating. Uh, we'll see. Hey, if, if, it, if it gets Urban Meyer there, it doesn't matter. I mean, he'll be there. It doesn't even take that. You just have to have a – I don't know. You have, to, Remember, you have to have name recognition to get Urban Meyer. That's all. No, you just have to guarantee him that he can spend time with his kids, in quotations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yikes. Um, so let's going to move on to our next matchup. I don't know why we picked this matchup. I guess it was a close game, but uh, we picked Duke-North Carolina for our ACC matchup this week. And Oh, my goodness. 20-17. to 17, North Carolina won. I was wrong about this one, but I don't. I mean, I literally have no notes on this game. Like, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing positive for me to say. I mean, let's be honest. Duke probably should have won that game. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw. They ran a trick play with the running back, and he tried to throw it when he wasn't supposed to, and he got picked off. And that's how they lost this game. They gave a first and goal, 14 seconds left. They hand it to the running back on a draw. He tries to do a jump pass. He gets picked off, which wasn't the play call. I mean, I don't – under- uh, 
he what's the Tennessee quarterback's name? He pulled that guy, the one oh, who yeah. got hurt on Saturday. Uh, yeah. The I mean, he like a very I don't know even know what his last name is. I'm not even. It's like try. Guarantino or something like that. Yeah, dude, he pulled a Guarantino. Right. I, I mean, as much as Duke's. <laughs> as much as Duke should have won this game, I'll take a win over beat up any day because he is a loser and I am a winner, and that is how loser. we're going to keep it. Uh, I'm I'm grown enough at this point to admit when I'm, when I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a loser this week. I went three and three. Who does that? Uh, just so you guys know, Brandon has the only losing record in pick six for the season, but for some reason he has three of the four undefeated pick six this year he is as inconsistent as oklahoma state and i might put a restraining order on him for this podcast as well i wouldn't blame you kick me off it was it was bound to happen at some point (laughs) okay so we are a hot take factory correct hot take factory unc will win the acc in the next two to three years that is that is a hot take uh that's just a wrong take no go put your hard-earned money on it Go to Vegas, put your hard-earned money on it, because you know I won't, because I don't work hard for my money, a.k.a. I don't have any money, (laughs) being a student. So go put your hard-earned money and put your faith in a random 22-year-old who lives in Kansas. So go do it right now. It is a guarantee UNC will win the ACC within the next two to three years. Okay. Um, uh, I guess uh, I I would advise against that, but – Hey, if you want to follow your heart, follow your heart, Zach. That's that's my advice to you. Uh, mm. so let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. That one sucked. Uh, so we have number eight, Notre Dame. Who, I'm so pissed. I don't even know if I can say that they played Michigan. I don't even know if they were there. I'm so uh, pissed. Um, I they, got a rant they, coming. They visited number 19, Michigan. And Michigan <laughs> was a one-point favorite. And I think my exact words on on the show – on uh, for the preview show this past week, where I don't know who made that line, I don't know how Michigan's the favorite. They must be an idiot, and turns out I'm the idiot. And <laughs> really, that's a surprise to none of us. Uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame got smacked. The rain played harder than Notre smacked. Dame, dude. Yeah, the but, rain was a tougher competition. Go ahead, go off, go off, King. Uh, okay, so Notre Dame. You can come here. I just want to talk. I promise. But this is why you are banned from the playoffs, this podcast, the ACC, and any sport that actually matters. And, yes, the ace, the damn ACC don't even want you. <laughs> that That is my thoughts. And, you know, all these Michigan fans that are listening that are happy they won, congratulations. You won a meaningless game since you're not in the playoff race. And Shut now up. you're stuck – <laughs> shout, shout out to our listeners in Ann Arbor, by the way. Uh, I still love you, even if Zach doesn't. I don't. I don't love him. You know why? Because <laughs> you're now you're stuck with Jim Harbaugh taking the team to Rome to be an average eight-five team every year. That is what you you just you won this game and you spent seven and a half million dollars to do it. You, and you beat a worthless job, Notre. You beat a worthless Notre Dame team, and you should be ashamed of yourself. You should have just lost and swallowed your pride. I don't know, man. I think it was a good move. Jim Harbaugh's a good coach. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yep. Notre Dame. I guess. Notre Dame is apparently – both of these teams are just – and I like this word a lot, and if you've listened, you know this, but they're both enigmas because I cannot <laughs> wrap my mind around like, – 
I don't know. In my mind, there shouldn't have been a winner in this game. There should have been like, like both teams lost kind of because all Michigan did was, was run around this Notre Dame team in the rain. It didn't even look like a real game to me. Uh, I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you. I missed kickoff for this game and I came back from dinner and it was like halftime and the game was about to start again. Um, and I just I saw the score and I was disgusted. I threw up actually. I threw up as soon as I saw it. It was it was nasty. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I'm I'm disappointed in both teams. I'll, I'll say that. But, I mean, yeah. Like Shea Patterson wasn't great, but he wasn't Ian Book bad. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> Ian Book was eight for twenty five, guys. Eight for twenty five, seventy three yards and a touchdown. But wait, Shea Patterson wasn't much better. He was six for twelve, a hundred uh, yards, but somehow he got two touchdowns. I don't know. I think one of them was like a slant that the dude broke like three tackles. So Shea Patterson, I hope you still feel bad about yourself because you are still hot garbage. Those are like Marcus Mariota numbers uh, for the Titans. Or, or even his backup, um, who is just Marcus Tannehill. Mariota. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill is just Marcus Mariota with a with a disguise on, because those are right. those are their numbers like all the time. So, I mean, uh, it's yeah, I put a I put out an MIA for Notre Dame's running game. They had forty seven yards on thirty one attempts. In case you don't like division, that is one point five yards per carry. Uh, I don't like division, you know, and I don't I don't like that number either. Right? And we talk so good about Tony Jones Jr., but I want you to exit out the back door, and you see the dumpster? Yeah, the dumpster right there beside you. That is you. That is your new home, because you are straight trash. Jeez, jeez, dude. Just take it easy. Just take it easy. No, like, so my final final takeaway for this game is is hot garbage meets dumpster fire, and that's what this game was. And then to, to to put, like, to put it all in perspective, it was raining. So it's like wet, hot garbage versus like wet dumpster. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I, this is how bad this game was. I mean, Notre Dame, you should, you know, I hope Notre Dame becomes Division Two next year. I'd rather have like North, I, I, I would, I would rather have North Dakota State than like this trash. It, I mean, it was a bad game for sure. Let's, uh, I'm not, no one's going to deny that. Uh, was it as bad as the Duke North Carolina game? Who knows? Probably not. Um, I don't know. I'd rather watch two mediocre ACC teams and two teams people think are good be straight trash. Yeah, good point. Uh, I don't know. Before Zach has a stroke, we're going to go ahead and move on to our last matchup in our pick six. <laughs> we have number eleven Oregon visiting Washington State, unranked. Uh, Oregon was a fourteen point favorite in this game. What is Oregon? Listen, if they would have lost this game, I would have quit the podcast. I am being so serious. I was watching this game when I got back from downtown, and I literally was on the couch just to get ready to delete all the podcast files. We were going to delete all the (laughs) social media. We were going to delete all the pages on everything. It was going to be a wrap for the Blue Bloods if Oregon would have lost this game. Yeah, uh, Oregon – and Oregon was losing until – they literally had a last-second field goal that won the game for them, and that was – this is yeah, I mean, real life. I mean, I understand I, Mike Leach is like supernatural, like nothing he does makes sense. But you can't beat Oregon. You can't beat Oregon after you lost to UCLA. It's not allowed. So I'm going to be real tough on someone I've been real high on all year. Justin Herbert, okay. you got to be better. Got to be better. 
I mean, he, he was efficient, 21 for 30, 222 yards. Where's your touchdowns, man? UCLA's quarterback scored like 900 in, in like just the second half. Yeah. I mean, like, what what's going on? I mean, you're like, I want the Heisman. Well, play like it. Play like you want the Heisman. I'm just, I'm just shook. Like this, like I know it sounds like we're being hard on Justin Herbert, but if he's he's the one that set his expectations so high by saying he deserves the Heisman, you got to play like, you got to play like Joe Burrow, where he comes out and leads his team. You were just like, eh, average. You let your running back Verdell run for two fifty one and three touchdowns. You got to get yours, man. Don't let everyone else eat your food. Yeah, let, let, this brings up an old debate: who was better this week, Justin Herbert or Jacob Eason? Oh, I don't know. I did. Did Washington even play? I don't know. It, I, it wasn't our pick six, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> you, yeah, you only watch. You only watch our pick six games. No, that's no, not always. But I definitely don't. No, I mean, just to, watch Pac twelve football for fun. I, well, I mean, to be fair, guys, you know we're a day late on this podcast. You know, shout out to shout out to Miss Heather and her happy birthday this weekend. <laughs> I've been um, off the grid for like a weekend. Yeah, so – but in case y'all didn't know, Washington did not play this weekend. So, in that case, I Justin Herbert still played better than Jacob Eason. So, you are still wrong, my guy. Okay, well, I'll bring it up again next episode. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> like when Jacob Eason goes like 7 for 19, 102 yards, and a t- maybe a touchdown if he's lucky. Yeah, I mean, you get it. You understand. But, I mean, shout-out to Aaron Gordon, though, again. I mean, he finally got his stuff back together, 406 yards and three touchdowns. Washington State has quarterbacks so they don't have anything else. It doesn't make a lot of sense. They I don't do. know, man. If, if Aaron Gordon could clean up his turnovers because he had another two picks, this kid is going to be really, really special. But I just don't think he, ha- I don't think he has it. I, I think he's – you know, being in Mike Leach's system, I think you have to – be a little bit of a a gunslinger and so I don't think he has that patience and vision to really analyze the field and make good decisions yeah that's true um so let's go ahead and and move on to our next segment which is things we missed and in case you didn't yeah, hear buddy. our last episode things we missed is basically like we go over our matchups and our pick six and we go over a couple more later on but uh there's a lot that goes on in college football week to week and we can't cover it all I mean, within the segments that we have, uh, I guess if we just did like, if we didn't do segments in this podcast, we'd probably cover a lot more, but it wouldn't be nearly as fun. Um, and this check is out episode of, one. <laughs> yeah. Shout out episode one, which was just us rambling about matchups. And we were both a little bit over serious. We took ourselves too seriously. We thought we were going to be famous for sure. We aren't. Um, we're just two college kids doing this for fun, but yeah. Uh, Things we missed is just whatever – I mean, literally whatever we missed. It could be anything. And so, uh, let's go ahead and kick this one off. Zach, is there something you want to talk about first? Because I honestly don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, your boy woke up at like 9 o'clock in the morning to attend the Oklahoma-K State game. Here's All the worst the, part okay, about so, that. You uh, woke up in Kansas, and that's the worst part about that. Yeah, well, you know what the even worse part was? Walking to the stadium, pumped for LSU Auburn at 2.30. Kind of pissed we had to go to see this game. <laughs> and be and telling my girlfriend, like, hey, it's going to be 52 to nothing at halftime. Do you care if we leave? And then K-State winning at halftime. Did you stay for the whole game? That was – yes. <laughs> Good. I was about to burn you up if you didn't. Yes. I stormed the field, too. What you th- oh, what you know about that? 
I don't know anything I did. about that because LSU doesn't storm the field because they're classy. Uh, uh, yeah, because the one thing LSU fans are is classy. Oh yeah, dude. We Real we were classy. watching we were watching the Auburn LSU game, and my girlfriend was like, "Are there bugs in the apartment? Do you hear that buzzing?" And I was like, "No, that's just the trash state of Louisiana." And then we uh, muted wow. the TV, and it went away. That's how classy it was. It was the corn dog fryers. <laughs> okay, so back to the point, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so, in case you guys didn't see, Kansas State upset number five Oklahoma, and Jalen was Heisman, but now he's just hurts because this kind of hurt for him. Um, K State won. <laughs> you know points. who should get booed? You know who should get booed? Oklahoma's the defense. State of Oklahoma, yeah. Dude, they gave up 48 to Kansas State. Baylor let them score 12 like three weeks ago. Uh, I'm, I mean, K-State won 48 to 41, guys. And don't let the score fool you. K-State was murdering Oklahoma. Yeah, what was it? It was 48 to 23? Yeah. And then they started celebrating, and, and Jalen Hurts was like, hey, C.D. Lamb, do you just want to run up the sideline for <laughs> like four touchdowns? So Don't hear a hot take. This isn't from me. This is from uh, Undisclosed on Twitter. I forgot who it was. This is why. Why I'm saying that? Um, because people were like trashing Jalen Hurts, which he didn't have a bad game by any means. But they're like, yeah, I mean, a Heisman winner doesn't really lose a game to K State. I, I might agree with that. I don't know. Um, but but someone was like, yeah, but if they didn't have Jalen Hurts, then this game would have been 48 zero Kansas State. What? It would have. <laughs> no. It would have. No, no. Listen to me. I watched the entire game. I was 50-yard line, 12th throw. Sick brag. I am t- when I tell you K-State looked like the better team, I mean it. Yeah. Hey, John Goods called it. Yeah, he did. He really – I mean, this team, the offensive line for Kansas State was the MVP of this game. Only allowed one sack and and had 213 rushing yards. And those rushing yards were just straight up the middle, untouched for like 15 yards. And they were chunking it out on this Oklahoma defense. But, you know, it's I've been hard on Oklahoma. I want to talk about one play in particular that Oklahoma ran that had my jaw on the ground. Okay. It was first quarter – and they ran a tunnel screen. So in case you don't know, the wide receiver runs toward the line of scrimmage, catches it, and then cuts it back upfield, guys. Well, he, he C.D. Lamb runs a tunnel screen, but instead of going forward, he stays behind the line of scrimmage and tosses it back to Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts hits a wheel route for like 50 yards. It was the most beautiful play design that I think I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it was it was, it was something to see for sure. But – Zach texted Great. me about that as soon as it happened. He's at the game. Yes. He sent me a text to be like, did you see that? I was like, yeah. Yes, but, guys, K-State played a hell of a game. And when I say this was not a fluke win, it was not a fluke win. They shut out Oklahoma till like, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter in the second half. That's how yeah. good they played. Yeah, uh, it was it was definitely a good uh, performance by K-State. Um one thing I want to touch on, maybe another hot take, maybe not, we'll see. Uh, but I can't help but feel like we had something to do with this loss for Oklahoma. Was it us? Because our only two guests have been, uh, have been guys that covered these two schools. You know, we had John Kurtz, 
uh, from K-State, and we had Chris Plank from Oklahoma. I don't know if there's some kind of curse attached to this podcast now or maybe good luck. Who knows? John Kurtz did come on first. But if you rewind the tapes, you'll hear me tell John Kurtz that I think Kansas State has a chance to make it the Big 12 championship game. And they might not do that, but they definitely knocked off a team that and pro- that was and probably still is a favorite to win Big 12. So I don't know. Maybe we maybe there's some magic surrounding this podcast. Maybe not. Uh, we'll find out in coming weeks with new guests, et cetera. So come on yeah. our podcast if you want to be uh, – I mean, maybe some good luck, maybe a curse. Who knows? <laughs> it's all in the gamble, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon's gambling corner. Hey, you get it. Uh, but moving on, guys, another game that we did not cover, but, you know, was the in, the ending wasn't really, you know, in question, but neither of us saw this coming. And it's TCU beat Texas by 10 points. Yeah, Texas, I'm, uh, F word alert, Texas is frauds because the whole state, I don't know what's going on with that. It doesn't make sense. I mean, TC, I mean, I was going to say, TCU lost to K State last week, but I mean, I guess that's not saying too much. Oh, that might be. Uh, it yeah, might it might be, be a okay. pretty good loss, but you know, you know, everyone likes to say Texas is back. I'm here to say they are back for sure, back to irrelevance, back to please get off my TV. You do not belong in prom time. Please just go back. Horns down on this podcast. We support Horns Down. Hashtag no, Horns Down for life. We never changed the cover art. Oh, we got. Uh, we might have to now because this team is trash. Ellinger, Sam Ellinger, is the most overrated quarterback of all time. I'm oh, yeah. so tired of people saying he's elite. It's like the Joe yeah. Flacco argument. Uh, he's worse than Joe Flacco because he's so cocky. At least Joe Flacco was like, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't be here." Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's. I thought he was good. I for sure thought he was good, but. He threw four interceptions this week on 48 attempts. 48? Why do you keep passing? He was, I guess because they don't have a 20, running back either. No, their leading rusher was 70. They had 71 yards on 16 carries. No, not great. It was terrible, terrible, man. But I just wanted to address this game because I'm embarrassed for Texas. Like, we deserve better. I miss the Mac Brown Texas that would go out there and smack people. But this Texas team is just a bunch of, like Brandon said, frauds. Nothing gonna, but fra- fraudulence in the state of Texas. I don't know what a minister of culture does, but maybe we can reach out to Matthew McConaughey and see what's going on with this team. Maybe he can turn things around. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think he's a fraud. He was like, we're going to win the oh, national championship. Yeah, but he says that every year. Yeah, so he's a fraud. <laughs> no, I don't know if you're I a thought, fraud. I think, that's, I think that's the definition of fraud, Brandon. I mean – Listen, if anyone knows what fraud means, it's me. Um, That's true. I was about to say. I was about to say. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nothing illegal or anything, but uh, let's move on. What else do we have to talk about? So the last thing we're going to cover in things we missed. Oh, no, not the last. Not the last. Oh, second to last. Sorry, guys. Maybe third. Is a game that I know none of you guys watched. And we're only talking about it because of the way it ended. Is the Texas Tech Kansas game? You know what? I'll be honest. This, I was off the grid this weekend, so this is news to me too. Yeah. So Kansas won, guys. Yes, Kansas Jayhawks won their third game of the year, thirty-seven to thirty-four. <laughs> okay. So here's how it happened. 
Kansas was kicking a game-winning field goal with about 10 seconds left. It is blocked by Texas Tech. So, so let me just let me just set the stage for you guys. Texas Tech is winning. I mean, it's tied 34-34, right? Right. That, that, that is what the score is when this field goal is going up. So Texas Tech is running it around the field, and this dude tries to lateral it, but there's nobody there. I'm going to call a timeout real quick. I'm going to call a timeout real quick. Everyone listening, close your eyes. Try to imagine this. It makes it a lot more fun. That's what I'm doing. So, (laughs) There you go, guys. I know. Yeah, so when he laterals it, no one's there. Kansas recovers and makes the the next kick to win the game. Okay, I like it. I like it. I have so many questions. Why are you laddering it for one? You could just go to overtime. Like, that's it. Like you, you did your job, bro. Oh no! And like bad. two, who, like who are you lateraling to? Who? There was no one in sight. <laughs> and the the, are you serious? And you know, huge game for Kansas's quarterback. I want to give him a shout out, Carter Stanley. He'll probably never be mentioned on this podcast ever again. He had four hundred and fifteen yards, three touchdowns, and was twenty six of thirty seven. That's insane. That is fire stats, guys. And shout out to Les Miles. Keep eating that grass. You keep getting blessed and praise the grass gods for this Kansas team. All right. Uh, So Kansas, apparently not terrible. They almost beat Texas last week. Let's not forget about that. That's Um, crazy. Anyway, so a couple more things we missed this weekend. Um, One of the things I wanted to talk about was Auburn not putting Joey Gatewood in. Uh, well, we, I mean, if you watch the game, we all saw Joey Gatewood try to run out on the field as soon as Gary Danielson mentioned that they would probably put him in. Um, and and <laughs> Gus Malzahn just grabbing him like, uh-uh, no, you are not going in right now. Zach, as, a, as our Auburn guy, what are your thoughts there? What was that? Uh, okay, I'm in the minority of this. I, I don't think Joey Gatewood's the future, as everyone thinks. I really think it's a case of, uh, like, we've seen Bo Nix. We've seen him struggle in some games. We've seen him be spectacular in some games. But we haven't seen Gatewood, and I think it's the idea of, like, you can always have something better that's creeping into Auburn fans' mind. Because as you guys know, like, or as Brandon knows, you guys probably don't know, I am an Auburn fanatic. I, I, I don't think Brandon can name the last game I didn't watch. No, um, Zach is uh, Zach. A uh, sick brag for you, real quick. Um, Zach <laughs> has, or at least had, a top fan badge for Auburn. So that's that's cool in the Facebook community. That's hot in the streets. <laughs> and I also pay like a hundred dollars a year to be a two four seven insider. Gross. Um, so the reports coming from spring training all through the summer and fall camp is that. Bo Nix was constantly leading the team to touchdowns. Gatewood was wildly inaccurate. The same thing that they think he could be more accurate than Bo Nix, not happening. And he didn't have the leadership Bo Nix did. No, and I don't I don't think that that was the problem. I didn't think that he should replace Bo Nix by any means this Saturday. I thought that maybe once they got down to the red zone. Oh, I agree with that. They If it's third and two or shorter, Gatewood should go in. I mean, and, I mean, he's going to run someone yeah. over if he can't run around them. I mean, he's a big yeah. dude. 
I agree with that. I'll, I'll give you that one. But I'm, I'm just – that was a rant that you caught on accident is I'm so sick of all these Auburn fans thinking that Gatewood is just better when literally he wasn't even his starting quarterback in high school. Yeah, that's – well, neither was uh, – neither was Florida's quarterback. Neither was Kyle Trask, so. Yeah, but he's not winning the national championship. No, it's because Florida is Florida. But. Exactly. But I'm just tired of Auburn fans constantly complaining. Bo Nix is 18 years old and he's only in his eighth start. He will be okay. He had us – We Auburn is three points away from beating the best team well, – in my opinion, the best team in the country at LSU on the road. Florida had a late touchdown, but he was two plays away in that game from pulling that game out. And Auburn probably being the number one team in the country if they win those two games. Yeah. And yeah. – and you are mad about that, it will be okay. Just take a deep breath, Auburn fans. One other thing I want to mention about Auburn real quick was I think my favorite thing about this Saturday was right before the LSU-Auburn game, uh, CBS, and we've had beef with them in the past, and it's actually uh, continuing. It's not just in the past. But they had the audacity, and I'm an LSU fan, so I didn't mind it as much. But I can only imagine just being angry if I'm an Auburn fan when they showed that highlight of Bo Nix's father Pat Nix uh, being sacked in the end zone uh, versus LSU like 20-something years ago. Yeah, 94. Yeah, so 25 the, years the, ago. The, the, the false whistle game or the phantom whistle game or whatever it's and, called uh, now. Nerd alert, Pat Nix found out who did or how that happened. Uh, yes. Apparently a fan poked a hole in a bottle cap and what a nerd to figure that out. That's just that's insane. That's so fire, though. I give props to LSU fans they are so creative and i love it <laughs> they're just they're they're very uh intelligent degenerates if i had to give it a title um I'm all one last thing one last thing and things we missed it's just real quick uh and this isn't necessarily breaking news it would have been breaking news if this episode came out today uh, or, or last night but there's no way we could have known it last night um but i couldn't hold off until thursday for for our storyline of the week so this is just going to fit into things we missed LSU just landed a recruit who sounds like he's straight out of a key and peel uh, sketch. They landed a, a wide receiver whose legal name <laughs> the coldest to ever do it, Crawford. <laughs> this man's first name is the coldest, D-E-C-O-L-D-E-S-T, to ever do it. T-O-E-V-A-D-O-I-T. That's his middle name, Crawford. Crawford's last name. I'm about to throw up, bro. That is so so much. (laughs) What are his parents' names? That's that's my first question. Um, uh, I I don't know. I I was going to try to think of someone off the dome, but I can't. I mean – You cannot. I figured you couldn't. It was just just supposed supposed to be rhetorical, bro. Yeah. uh, Anyway, so – I don't know. LSU, I don't know how LSU doesn't win four national championships while this guy's playing. If they don't, it'll be a shame. I know they won't, but we can all hope, right? The coldest ever. Okay, they're gonna offered, just watch him. He's like he's like 160 pounds. He's not even that tall. I mean, I watched his highlight tape and it's impressive, but like it's not like overly impressive by any means. Uh, um, okay, but like just I know- name recognition alone like lands him a spot on LSU's roster. I think. Yes, definitely. But just a, one last two things we missed. Also breaking news. Justin <laughs> Jefferson. 
Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver for LSU, was asked his thoughts on the Bama game. He said, we're coming for their heads. We are going to dominate them because we owe them – like we owe them one. Okay. Strong trash talk. Strong, strong trash talk. I love it. I cannot wait for this game. It'll be – That's what I want to talk not- about. I agree with you. I like that. But all I read online, all I read from Bama fans is, oh, they're just giving us bulletin board material. Bulletin board material is the biggest, like, farce of all time. What do you mean? I mean, I could just make a bulletin board material. Before the LSU-Auburn game, there was, like, a fake quote from Bo Nix talking about how he wasn't nervous to play in Tiger Stadium. It was a fake quote, but I bet, I bet LSU used it as, build, as bulletin board material. I mean, literally, okay, you, make a bulletin you, board material. You, you know what wasn't a fake quote? What? Did you see the did you see the LSU uh, safety that his um uh his like hashtag it was Marcel Brooks okay and before before the um Auburn game he apparently like his hashtag in his post was like take Nick's out or take Nick like it's Nick's head or something like that and I was like that's bold bro yeah, and I'm sure Auburn saw that because they gave they gave Joe Burrow a good case of the CTE on Saturday. Oh, bro, that hit was so beautiful. They tried to take his head. Um, yes, he that he, he just, it almost did too. And he just jumped up and ran to midfield like like nothing happened. That, that Joe Burrow is a Joe Burrow a monster. Bro. He made a I, steal. I, I'm so impressed. Um, anyway, so let's go ahead and move away from from things we missed. That was like the longest segment of all time, but it's okay. Uh, and let's go ahead and move into our risers and movers. So this is what we do instead of top 15 now, because top 15 literally took like 45 minutes. So we've got risers and movers where we just say who moved where uh, in our top 15, basically. So Zach, you, I mean, I'm sure we have close to the same one, so I'll let you go ahead and kick it off and I'll just agree with you. If you say something I agree with. <laughs> All right. So I have two teams that jumped into my top 15 that were not ranked last week. I have Minnesota and Cincinnati. Okay. I have Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota's 14, Cincinnati's 15. Um, I think that I think they deserve it. I mean, Cincinnati has one loss. It was to Ohio State at Ohio State. I'm not holding that against them. Minnesota's undefeated. I don't think they played a hard schedule, which is why I don't have them higher. But you got to respect the hustle. You got to respect the undefeated record. So they have moved up into my top 15. All right. Um, I, yeah. I like it. So then my biggest drop or biggest move in general was Oklahoma dropping six spots to number 11. Yeah. I think that's where they moved in the, uh, in the AP poll, too. I think that, no, they moved to 10. Oh, whatever. Same thing. Yeah. And then, so I guess my biggest, like, so one of my biggest things is I moved Oregon to seven. Okay. Up three spots. And I moved Baylor and Oklahoma up four spots. So Baylor's number nine and Utah's number 10. Sorry, Utah up four spots. Yeah. Um, I think that that's something big and i also this is going to be so controversial i moved ohio state above alabama me too ohio state is my new number two in the country oh i still have clemson at two ohio state's three bama's four. Oh, oh yeah you, you hate Bama. Yeah. people forget that um i do not 
I hate Bama. They have not played a single soul. <laughs> Who's Clemson played? No, nobody either. I mean, neither okay. of them have looked super impressive. But Clemson was ranked above Alabama to start, so therefore Clemson's still above Alabama. Uh, he's a he's a slave to the rankings. We understand it. Uh, <laughs> we pity Zach. So I've got Ohio State at two, obviously, and they moved up. Um, I can't remember where they had them last weekend because who needs to know that kind of information, especially when you're talking about it. Um, Notre Dame, you can get out of my top 15. I'm not here for it anymore. That was ridiculous. I, I wouldn't even have them in my top 25. I'm so dumb. They're not even in Division One. Texas wasn't in my top 15 to start with, but they're definitely not now. I don't even know where they are. Uh, I lost them. And then, obviously, like I said, Oklahoma dropped. Uh, they dropped to 11 for me instead of 10, like Zach. You can't lose to K-State and then stay in my top 10. That's not, not, in, not in my country. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought this, thought this was America. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. America. Uh, so, yeah, that's I mean, not, like, that's not movers, they, they kept Oklahoma in the top 10, and now you can't flash your titties at the World Series, man. I don't know that what's was, going on, but I, <laughs> I, I really what, thought it was America. What does what this country turn to? Um, dude, that, <laughs> that, 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 girl, that girl who did that was so proud of it, too. She oh, was, yeah, she, she was claimed proud it enough, and like she was uh, proud enough to type up that own that that letter to herself because there's no chance the MLB got that letter to her so quick. <laughs> she definitely dude, wrote that herself. No, like, like, like tonight, like it was actually verified that it's from the MLB. How did they get it out so quick? I uh, I have no idea. That's insane. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, Jay, I mean, they easily could have like got her contact info and emailed it to her and she just printed that moment <laughs> dude that i don't want to know how they got her contact info or if it was dude, just she's, like, a, she's like a she's like an instagram model bro like she's no, like famous yeah. yeah well yeah but like i don't this this is a topic for another time uh let's go ahead and move on <laughs> I, this has nothing to, to do with college football at all we're gonna have to change <laughs> to an explicit podcast if we keep going so um oh <laughs> This is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> hey, at least I didn't make another Clayton Kershaw joke, man. Thank you for that. And thanks for thanks for not bringing it up again, Zach. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> means a lot, man. Uh, Dude, so, how, how do you fit? <laughs> I keep trying to move on. This is just ridiculous. I hate this. I hate this podcast now. Uh, uh, let's move on to to dumpster fires, and I guess I'm I guess I'm the dumpster fire at this point. But <laughs> you are, bro. Uh, Zach, go ahead. I need, uh, I need time to cool down. Go ahead. God, man. Okay, so my dumpster fire is Mississippi State. Yeah, that's well-deserved. Um, I, I was about to say, it is the most well-deserved dumpster fire. Um, they are on a four-game losing streak, and one of those losses includes Tennessee. Yikes. I'm going to I'm 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 let that sit for a second. Let it breathe. The Tennessee Volunteers, guys. I, I'll let y'all finish crying. Um, so Mississippi State is three and five, one and four in the SEC, and they still play Alabama and Ole Miss. Yeah. And at this point, is Arkansas is the Arkansas game really a guarantee win for them? Uh, no, not not according to Chad Morris, uh, Arkansas's head coach, who who said who guaranteed this win over Mississippi State this upcoming weekend. That is amazing. I hope they do it. Um, I, I don't think know, that if you're Arkansas, you can guarantee anything. That's but, true. Other than to lose, but yeah, 
I mean, Arkansas is a terrible state. Uh, anyway. I didn't even know um, it was real until like a year ago. Dang. Mm. That's that Alabama high school education for you. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> but they will most likely miss a bowl game, let's be honest. I mean, I don't see them beating Ole Miss or Bama. That puts them at seven losses. That's a wrap. Um, and, you know, is that even acceptable? I mean, I don't know. He inherited some talent from, you know, Dan Mullen. But, I mean, he is not recruiting up to the same standard. And so here's my proposal. We drop Mississippi State from the SEC. Ooh. Specifically the SEC West. Okay, listen, hear me out. Okay. This okay. is this is my main point. Mississippi is not a state that needs two teams anyway. I I, simmer. I agree. I mean, that that is such a trash state in every sense of the word. Do they really deserve two teams? They have more than two teams though. Like what what do you mean? Do they, I mean like two SEC? SEC teams. Yes. Oh no, 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 no. Uh I mean, I'd rather I, even though they're trash right now, I'd rather take Texas over Mississippi State. I think I'd rather have Florida State. But okay, Florida uh maybe. Okay, maybe, maybe. I mean, I mean I'd even a, take Clemson. Well, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't take Clemson? That's true. I mean, that's like getting like the hottest girl like in the party. But I mean, <laughs> it's like, like I mean Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess like you have to have some six and sevens in there, but Mississippi's like a straight one. Like you could tell something went wrong in the pregnancy. Like she's not all like everything's mom, not put together. Mom and dad, mom, mom <laughs> smoked and drank through the whole thing, and her name is State. Cletus. Cletus and Velveeta were over there having kids. <laughs> like, Mississippi State has two eyes that look like they belong on different faces, and now they're <laughs> now they're in the SEC somehow. Right, and then we have Arkansas. Like we can't have both Mississippi State and Arkansas. Just gives. I mean, gives what, us see a bad rap. Right, like one of them has to go. So there's my proposal. There's my dumpster fire. I don't think anyone's going to argue. So go ahead, Brandon, take it away. Yeah, uh, my dumpster fire this week is going to be the Big Twelve, and it's just because the Big Twelve is in. It finally did it. It finally imploded on itself. Um, uh, maybe the wagon tipping over at Oklahoma last week was like indicative of what would happen to the Big 12 and especially Oklahoma this week. Uh, who knows what's what's in store for the future? Baylor's undefeated still, I guess. But, I mean, how long is that going to last? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess all we can do is hope that Oklahoma loses another game this season. That way the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are both left out of the playoff. And then we just have both of the 12s complaining about, about everything. Um, I don't know. Uh, Jalen Hurts deserves better. Lincoln Riley, uh, hire a defensive guy because you, apparently y'all can't get it done right now. I don't really know what else to say. Uh, Big 12, you're done for. You're my dumpster fire. See you never. And so moving on, we have our top performer segment. Uh, and this is – it's pretty self-explanatory. We name the best players of the week or who did the best this week, so forth. And so with my number one this week, I've got Skylar Thompson. I've got uh, Kansas State's quarterback. I think he did a great job this weekend. No passing touchdowns, surprisingly, but he had four rushing touchdowns. I mean, Zach, you were there. I mean, it, did he look as impressive in person? Because watching from TV, I mean, I couldn't help. Yeah, I mean, I, I was incredible. impressed. I think – I think he had four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, four rushing touchdowns, but no passing touchdowns. 
Yeah, he ne- he never does. I don't know how how often <laughs> how often you guys watch Kansas State games. He doesn't throw no. very often. I don't understand. I mean, he, he I mean, he's awesome apparently, but maybe line him up at running back, do something. I don't know. But he's my top performer this week. Uh, I mean, great performance. He beat Oklahoma, so that's really all. I guess that's all I really needed to say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll give you that, but let's see. My top performer is a guy who has been on it before. It's going to make Brandon so happy. Your boy, Keaton Slovis, is Keaton back. Keaton Slovis. Let's go, baby. <laughs> 406 yards and four touchdowns. My boy. That's what, that's what the kid delivered to you guys. My and it, it was a great, great performance. Um, they played Colorado. I don't know how impressed y'all are with that win. I'm decently impressed. It's still USC. And they are sitting 4-1 and one in the, the Pac-12. So they s- still have a shot at this Pac-12 championship. He has USC going in the right direction. His future's so bright. Stay away from the turnovers. They're bad for you. I'd rather you try meth than throw another interception, oh Keaton. I am just looking out for you. So I am glad to see you back on this list. I understand it. I like it. I respect it. Do the ice, apparently, <laughs> according to Zach. Um, <laughs> um, my second top performer this week is going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, LSU's running back. And LSU's running game, admittedly, hasn't been great this season. Oh, what was the four? He, he he tore Auburn's defense up in the second half, and he did that both on his feet and receiving. I mean, he had, I think, 53 yards receiving just to the middle of the field, oh. Auburn's defense apart because they had eight defensive backs for some reason. So he'd go out, he'd run out for a little, like, I mean, he probably wouldn't have got half the stuff he did if y'all wouldn't stop holding. Mm. That's who I don't know who y'all is, but let's, let's, uh, let's keep going. I'm still here. salty, man. I understand you are, but. Anyway, he, he had a big game, probably the biggest game of the season. He's one of the most slept-on running backs in the nation. So keep your eyes open for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. LSU has, like – they had, like, 14 running backs. Then Leonard Fournette left. Uh, he left the team. So now they've got 13, apparently. Um, but, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the best one on LSU's offense. So uh, we need to quit sleeping on him. That's all I can say. All right, so do you have any more top performers? Yeah, I actually have two more. One's kind of like an honorable mention, but okay. my number two top performer is Penn State. Penn State um, whole team. The whole college. Yeah, the whole – like the whole – well, I don't know about the college. The, the football team side, but the whole college is a stretch. Um, they had a win over Michigan State, 28-7 to on the road. Sean Clifford threw four interceptions. This team has quietly reached 8-0 and has a real shot at the playoff. And there are some teams that they play and other teams that play each other that are in front of them. This team has a great, great shot at the playoff. The the defense is amazing, 9.6 points per game, 280 yards per game. They still play Ohio State and an undefeated Minnesota team. This team has been amazing all year. And speaking of Minnesota, an honorable mention for Minnesota being a top performer, huge 52-10 to win over Maryland. They're quietly rising in the rankings, and they still have three ranked mashups, including Wisconsin and Penn State. This team was a serious dark horse threat, and if they win the Big Ten and beat Ohio State in the championship, how do they not get into the playoffs? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they're undefeated at this point in the season somehow. Uh, I can only assume it's because they play in the Big Ten West, or and they haven't played Wisconsin yet, so uh, we'll see how their season ends out, but – 
I don't know if they can if they can sneak on by. They have a chance to make it to the Big Ten championship. And at this point, it looks like they're destined for the Big Ten championship, um, unless they just yeah. drop a couple games before that. But uh, I can't really see it. I think that they end up sneaking their way into the Big Ten championship to get smacked by Ohio State. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. The winner of the Minnesota Penn State game is going to have a lot on their hands. That's true. All right, so let's go and move on to our next segment. Uh, we have bad beats here. So I'll go ahead and I'll let Zach start the last couple segments. I'll go ahead and start this one off. Uh, but and the only reason that I'm kind of hesitant to start is because this week was kind of hard for me to choose a bad beat since all three of my gambling corner picks won, and they won big time. So Colorado covered the 14-point spread against USC, not to brag. Kansas State, Oklahoma went way over 57.5 points. Uh, they, I think they were over. I think they were close by the end of the first half. Uh, they weren't mm-hmm. over, but they were, they were close. Uh, and lastly, but definitely not uh, least important, Air Force smacked Utah State for Aurora, for the Falcon that died. But I do have to choose <laughs> one bad beat at least uh, because we're humble on this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and say there's absolutely no reason that Michigan should be the favorite in their game against Notre Dame. Those were my exact words on Thursday. Uh, I dropped the S word on Michigan. I said they stink, and I said that in all caps. But they won the game uh, by a lot. So maybe I'm an idiot, but like I said, like I've said a handful of times this episode alone, we all knew that. No surprise there. So that's my bad beat this week. Uh, so I had two bad beats. Um, Shocker. Okay. And <laughs> they both come from my gambling corner, Ooh. sadly. So my first one was a sad, sad day. <sighs> I, I don't even – I really don't even want to talk about it. I'm, like, kind of upset. Uh, it was Texas over TCU. I said you could bet your life on it. Yeah, I I hope you're not dead. I hope you still can listen because if you took that bet, you had a bad day. I hope you had a really really bad day. I hope you didn't. Right, and then my other one, I had Tulane over Navy. That also did not happen. Um, Navy hit a game winning field goal as time expires and was leading this game twenty one to nothing after the first quarter. Right. Um, I think I grossly overrated Tulane, and it makes me want to gag saying that I overrated Tulane. I know that sounds crazy, but I did, and um, I apologize. And as I say each week, we will improve. We will. We have to. We don't have anywhere to go but up. Um, And so we're going to go ahead and finish this episode off with a brand-new segment called Dead to Me. Uh, This segment was – uh, it was my idea, and it was kind of – it was really just a joke uh, that I had with Zach saying that we had a, that we could do a segment called Dead to Me where we just chose a team that was now dead to us or something that was dead to us at this point in the season. Um, and I'll go ahead and start this one off too. Uh, so everyone knows – everyone who listened to our last episode knows that I went all on a limb for this team, this team that I've had very low expectations in all year. I had faith in Nebraska. I really did. And they went and gashed those dreams that I had wide open this past weekend. I'm not mad, Nebraska. I'm just disappointed. Scott Frost, I hope you get fired. We don't talk about another man's job on this podcast, but there are exceptions to every single rule. That's what they're made for. They're made to be broken. So, I mean, this is absolute anarchy at this point. Nebraska, you played Indiana. 
I thought that it was bananas that you were the underdog in this one, so that's why I took you. But now look at us. I just I, I can't get an upset right. I don't know why. This is my upset of the week. And honestly, from now on, <laughs> if you leave a five star, you know what? I'm gonna go and say if you leave a five star review on this podcast, I'll fade your team with my picks. So everyone knows I haven't won a I haven't won an upset of the week since the first week of college football. <laughs> I won the very first one. So instead of just reading your review from now on, I'll still do that if you want me to. But if you want to, leave a five-star review, and I'll fade a pick for you. So, like, maybe you're an Auburn fan. So, like, say for this past weekend, if you were an Auburn fan, I would have chosen LSU to beat Auburn. And, I mean, their team might have won. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe they have to be – maybe your team has to not be the underdog in the matchup, and then maybe then, maybe then it'll work. We'll figure out the details later on. But uh, in any case, uh, I don't know. It's just – Nebraska, Nebraska, you were dead to me, Nebraska. Well, we're not, you know what? That's the last time I'm going to say your name. It's the last time I'm going to say your name mm-hmm. until you can get it together, until you can win a game that I choose my, my underdog of the week. So, mm. We just have some real growth there, guys. Some real growth. I don't know if I call um, it growth. It, it's just I'm just upset. And in case you guys didn't know, uh, your boy hit another upset of the week. And I went on on a real limb and picked UCLA over a ranked team. And they did it. And they won by ten. They did it. I don't. I mean, I don't want. I don't want to say I told you so, but I. I kind of told you so. And my message to Arizona State: Go home. You're drunk. You just lost to UCLA. Well, yeah, they're Take Arizona State. They're always drunk. That's all he can do. That's all he can do there. But so to wrap this episode off. I have dead to me as well. And we've already kind of talked about it, but it is SCC referees. They're done for I am dead I am done. I am done with each and every one of you. And if you want to catch me outside, you know where I stay. I hold it down in the little apple, Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> like we could scrap any day, anytime. It's snowing tonight. Well, I'll bury you in the snow. It is all good. Um, so if you want some examples of why I have an issue, why SEC refs are dead to me and I'm going to fight them in the little apple example, one, the South Carolina versus Florida game, we kind of talked about this. What was it? Two or three episodes ago. Yeah. That game was so poorly, you know, called that there were multiple pass interference calls that were not called or that were called that just it changed the outcome of the game. Yeah. And is. I think Brandon even had a problem with it. Yeah. I have a lot of problems yeah. and that was one of them. So. Yeah. And then example two, the Auburn LSU game, which we previewed, they pretty much decided that game in the final seconds. Yeah. That's unacceptable for a top 10 matchup in so-called prime time at two thirty in the afternoon. Um, and then example three also happened this week and it was the South Carolina versus Tennessee game. Multiple bad calls, holding calls, pass interferences, a missed face mask that was clearly like he only got tackled by his face mask. I don't think the defender was touching another part of his body that the ref just let happen. I thought he ripped his neck in half. Like, that's how bad it – like, it was horrible. SEC refs, get it together or we're going to have a serious problem. Actually, we have a serious problem. So, it's too late for that. 
we had like this is the hill I'll choose to die on and I will die honorably and the rest of you SEC fans that live on after me will have good well officiated football to watch on Saturdays all right Zach uh, oh yeah and, and one last thing CBS don't think that you got by you're you're dead to me too Nebraska is just more dead to me so well we'll we'll be back to you we'll be back to you next week CBS I'm sure of it Anyway, so that wraps up our episode this week. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, as always, we appreciate every single listen that we get. I don't know how it happens, but we have listeners from across the United States at this point uh, listening to just just an idiot and a half talk about college football uh, from, from South Alabama. So here we are. Mom, we made it. I know you don't listen, but we made it. And uh, we'll keep doing our thing. Uh, and you guys just keep listening and keep supporting. and. Uh, we'll continue to grow. Yeah, slowly but surely, guys. So if you want to follow us on social media, which I know y'all do, um, or at least I hope y'all do. I guess that was a little cocky, but I was cocky. cocky. I was a little cocky. Um, it is at the underscore blue bloods on Instagram. Post on there all the time. I was a slacker, had a lot to do with school, forgot to post our picks last week, but at least I posted our records today. Um and then on Twitter, it is at the underscore underscore blue bloods calculus account. You were also dead to me. Don't think dead I forgot about you. You will also get buried in the snow. Test me. <laughs> um, on Facebook, it is at the blue bloods pod. Go follow us on there. We got great content. We got great supporters. <laughs> Shout out to all the homies out there listening. Please keep telling your, your side girls your main girls, your cousins, your cousins you don't even like, your uncle that you probably don't want to see anymore, your mom, you your dad, your step-parents, your dogs, your cats, your birds, whatever animal you prefer. Not snakes, Please. though. If you, if you have a snake, don't turn this podcast off. You're not invited anymore. <laughs> At Destiny Bell, she knows who she is. <laughs> but we are gonna, we're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep bringing out awesome content. We're going to keep improving on stuff. We got a lot of stuff down the pipeline that is coming. Um, we're going to make a lot of improvements and shout out to you guys for rocking with us. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, one last thing. We love you. <laughs>